So we are back for another week of This Week in Wrestling. And obviously, I kickstart things because I have the short draw and I draw raw. And the card for this week, we got to see Ms. TV with Drew McIntyre. We got to see The Hair right. Business take on Riddle and the Lucha House Party. With Riddle and Lucha House Party picking up the win. Surprise. We got to see Akira Tozawa winning the 24-7 title. And then losing it to, not our truth this time, but Bad Bunny. We got to see Charlotte Flair team up with Asuka to take on Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce, which ended in a no contest for shenanigans. Reasons. Different shenanigans than usual, but shenanigans nonetheless. We got to see The Miz take on Kofi Kingston because The Miz decided he didn't want to be in the Elimination Chamber match, and so he was going to fight on behalf of his best friend, John Morrison, but he fucked it up and Kofi Kingston won. So Kofi was going to be in the Elimination Chamber match. We got to see Alexa giving an update on the whereabouts of The Fiend. Lana took on Shayna Baszler after she beat uh, Nia last week. But she loses this one. And the main event of the evening in what is quite a short number of matches for Raw. Saw the gauntlet match to determine the last uh, entrance in the Elimination Chamber match. With the winner being Sheamus. So... That was the card. Nice. In terms of highlights, I've got a couple. So, Bad Bunny, 24-7 I'm champ. Shocked. Already shocked at your first highlight. Bad Bunny, 24-7 champ, right? Look, the 24-7 title has been booked fucking awfully, right? It is a comedy, stupid fucking thing that doesn't make any sense. They've had everybody win it. It changes hands several fucking times for pointless reasons with fucking the likes of Tazawa, Gulak, R-Truth. No one cares, right? Now, Bad Bunny... I don't know who he is, but I'm old, right? People know who he is. Apparently, he's a big draw. So, it makes sense to put it on someone who is a big draw. Now, they tried this with uh, Rob, Gron- uh, Rob Gronkowski, whatever his name was. Um, and that kind Gronky of Kong. was just like, yeah, we did that. The and Gronk. then we didn't see anything about it. And then he only featured again on Raw and got pinned and that was it. Um, whereas this one felt like a good opportunity to promote um, the 24-7 title and WWE because Bad Bunny was performing on Saturday Night Live um, and lo and behold that's what happened he was there with it on Saturday Night Live so it made sense to be fair it gave it a bit more exposure and it was something different than just R-Truth and Tazawa so surprise maybe um, but I thought it was decent and to be honest I know you're not a massive fan of Damian Priest um, I wasn't when he was on NXT but since he's been brought up to the main roster I don't know, it looks like a badass, you know. He's um, he's had a good transition, I'm, I think. I'm big enough to admit two things here, Carl. The way you've explained the 24-7 title, I'm like, okay, that does make it as, as stupid as I find the title now. That's my instinct to go, well, <laughs> that's stupid because 24-7 title. Yeah. You're totally right. This is the way they should be booking it. Um, and secondly, I can't deny the way they have booked Damien Priest since he's come up to the main roster is strange in the sense of, like, they're not fucking rough like they normally do. What's that about? Yet. So, yeah. Yet. I, Credit where credit's due, Carl. I'm going to admit that. I'm not a big fan of... I was never a big fan of, fan of Priest on NXT, but yeah, so far, so good. Okay. So far, Let's so good. try the next one. So, my next highlight is the promo we got from Alexa, which I thought was excellent. So, again, she rocks up like the little sadistic bitch she is um, and starts spouting some shit about how The Fiend is going to be reborn. Um, I mean, I think I called it. I said it was going to happen. I think he's going to get a new uh, a new look. I still think he's going to, maybe even a new mask, potentially. Mm. Um, you know, we just had mm. a very interesting chat with a certain mask maker who um, suggested the 
you know, it's really bad to wear masks that cover your whole face, especially when they're made out of latex. So it's funny actually it because that, that does get me thinking. Like maybe it's obviously they'll story they'll write it story wise, but maybe it is like more of a practical <laughs> to, to change the aesthetic there. I can't breathe. It's okay. It's okay. Break. Carry on. Um, but yeah, it's so. Like, feel like I'm on fire in this thing. What's that? You want us to set you on fire in this thing? No, it's not what I said. Um, but yeah, so that's all all well and good. Um, I also loved the bit where we finally made some decent use of the uh, Thunderdome with Alexa taking over all the screens in a massive sadistic, like, sadistic way. Loads of Alexas. What more could you want? Um, obviously, distracts so Orton. What you're saying is the audience full of Alexas is what you want Thunderdome to do. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I mean... Um, so love that (laughs) and then my final highlight of the week was the gauntlet match Um, so look it was pretty long to be fair it must have stretched over an hour maybe but on a three hour raw meh (laughs) it's probably a better use of time (laughs) it's probably a better use of time than what you would have put there so I can't complain too much Um, Drew McIntyre underground um, Drew McIntyre still looks strong um, and Sheamus now has a victory over Drew which should potentially feed nicely into a match at either Mania or Fastlane. My thought process may have changed on this post-elimination chamber, but it was a highlight at the time. The next pay-per-view may be actually entitled Go Fuck Yourself, because that feels like what they're doing. Possibly, possibly. Um, (laughs) And then on to the O'Shites. So, um, right, The Miz removes himself from the chamber match. I'm not being funny. He shouldn't have been in it in the fucking first place because he's got the money in the bank. So... It didn't make any sense at all. It's like anyway. someone come along behind the scenes and went, well, that's stupid. Fix that. <laughs> like, well, of course. Why didn't we see this sooner? Okay. Um, yeah, so I didn't like that whatsoever. Um, we had a women's tag match. That was just, just pointless, wasn't it? Right, so I get it. Getting the pregnancy hold, like angle across with Lacey. Cool. But why have a match that starts off, like, for quite a while, to be fair? Was it 10 minutes, 15 minutes? And then, then when uh, Lacey's about to get tagged in, she's like, well, you can't tag me in because I'm pregnant. It's like, well, wow, what? we just wasted 15 minutes of time for nothing. So straight away, it's a no contest, basically. Um, so, yeah. Fun. Yeah. Um, then we had... But as you know from our social media, Carl, it's a story. Yeah, it's not really it's not pregnant. Real, it's not really Rick's kid. Go fuck yourself. Kids. Kids today. <laughs> um, so we then had Shayna Baszler taking on Lana after she beat Nia Jax last week. And this was a fucking dud, wasn't it? It was like, okay, we finally had the blow off to the whole Lana and Nia thing, which basically encompassed the whole feud in a my whole meme. Okay, expect nothing less. What did we get the following week? Lana getting beaten up by Shayna Baszler. The match that nobody wanted. Oh, so we're not done. Cool. Um, so that happened. And I've got a feeling, Anthony, and it scares me. Are we getting Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania? Because it fucking seems like we are. So, obviously, Shane was there, wasn't he? He showed up and he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're going to defend your your, your title in in the chamber, Drew, because you're a fighting champion. We'll forget about Roman, but you're a fighting champion. Cool. And then uh, Braun Strowman was like, well... I'm a former champion. Why well, was I in the match? And then, you know, um, Adam Pearce is like, because you nearly died of blood poisoning. And he's like, well, yeah, but now I'm okay. And he's like, well, you're still not even a champion. You're a universal and you beat Goldberg. So that doesn't really count. And he's like, mm, I'm going to beat up Shane McMahon. So basically, we're getting Shane versus Braun at Mania. And I can't, I, I don't want that. But that's what we're getting. That's a weird leap, isn't it? Yeah. A leap of faith, 
you might say. Um, no, I'm not the biggest fan of Braun. Right? <laughs> no. I know. But this is a massive downstep, isn't it? To, to fighting for the main title at WrestleMania last year. To fighting Shane this year. It's a match nobody wants to see, and and yeah, like a total waste of bronze. I want to say talent, <laughs> talent. Um, but yeah, ah, I don't know. But that was the show, Anthony. All in all, there were some good bits, there were some bad bits. It was by far not the worst episode of Raw we've seen in the last week or two. Therefore, for me, it gets a solid two. Um, yeah, I would I would say Raw is a number two. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Couldn't agree more. It's a, it's a big two. It's a big fat number two. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't bad to be fair. And I think a lot of that was due to the fact they didn't try and cram too many silly, pointless shit into three hours. They just went. You know what? We're going to have a super long gauntlet match, which it felt long, but it was still a better use of time than what they would have put there. So for that, gets a two. Yeah. And I mean, Alexa yeah. and the Fiend and stuff like we finally got to see something else on that after him being, you know non-existent for a while I so. do really hope they ignore it for a while <laughs> that would be good wouldn't it <laughs> uh, anyway should we talk about NXT Carl uh, I thought things were going to get better but let's do it let's do it hey I'll keep it quick it's fine so it's NXT right so as far as the card goes right we open the night with Kyle O'Reilly coming out cutting a promo essentially you know shenanigans people getting O'Reilly but um, O'Reilly um, <laughs> but essentially you know he's upset with Adam Cole and you know, maybe Adam Cole's not truly a bad guy and he was just frustrated. We'll find out later in the show. Um, very <clears> Roman <throat> Reigns-esque. Let's open the show and end the show with the same fucking thing. Anyway, uh, we caught to our first match, Carl, which is uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon going up against uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell with Blackheart and Moon taking the win. We then get a match between Isaiah Scott and Leon Ruff with Leon Ruff taking the win. We then get another tag match uh, of Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter going up against Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea with uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter taking the win. We then get a, I want to call it a promo, where we address the, the both male and female winners of the Dusty Classic uh, with shenanigans. We um, have a match between Kushida and Tyler Rust with Kushida taking the win. We see a Zoe Stark going up against Valentina Faro, I think I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I feel like I fucked that up every time. With Zoe Stark taking the win, and then we close the night off with Pete Dunne, uh, Only Larkin, and Danny Birch going up against Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong. With Pete Dunne, Only Larkin, and Danny Birch taking the win. That's the card. Now highlights, Carl. Um, I'll be honest, slightly general highlights, but decent matches. The reason I have to say that is because one of my old shites uh, it covers the rest of the show, but the matches. There were some decent matches there. Main event in particular was particularly good. Uh, some surprises there, like Isaiah Scott and Leon Ruff was actually a pretty good match as well, um, which I didn't really think I would think much of, but here we are. Um, so that's my first highlight. My second one is, and my second and only other one, is um, I'm trying to show a bit of love here. I do have some reservations as well, but I love that they are putting some effort into women's tag teams and women's tag titles on NXT at the minute. I wish that something would echo across the board, as I've griped about many a time. But the fact that we address the women tag title scene and that we're sort of keeping some momentum going, that maybe the titles can be owned by NXT talent or at least defended in some way from NXT talent, because it seems like they forget about the show when they feel like. So I want to give that credit where credit's due. That's it for highlights. It's over. <laughs> oh, shite, Carl. Oh, shit. Right. So 
and I know you, this might be an unfair gripe. Let, let me know what you think, right? But this show felt like it really didn't have a lot going on other than setting everything up, like which makes it slightly uninteresting. I know you've got to set things up, and this is where I don't want to be too unfair to it, but it was kind of almost lazy, so there wasn't a lot of content to the show. We had a promo, and I mentioned <coughs> the Dusty Classic. We had a promo for uh, of sorts for that where we addressed both the champs. Now, this had MSK going... We want to challenge Lorcan and Bert. This is paraphrasing, obviously. And that's it. That That's all we get. We know that they were going to set that match up at some point in the future. I think they actually said it might have been on the next, um, or it was the third of March or whatever the next fucking show is. Anyway, but the way it was addressed is like, we're going to do that. And then we have like a, what felt like an eternity of like Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, who can't really talk, coming out to, um, to, to then sort of stake their claim on the whole women's tag scene. And it was just like, let's get all this set up and not really put much to it. So I'm like, I'm instantly a lot less invested and I've just tried to give credit to the women's tag scene, but this was none of them. None of them were the best talkers. Everything felt a bit clunky. So, um, the show was just a lot of like, this is going to happen. And it's going to be great. It's like, cool. This can, can we see some of is that? what no. NXT is like every fucking week. Nothing happens. <laughs> nothing happens. It's like building up to a takeover every week but not in a good way it's like yeah we could do some stuff but nah we'll save that for takeover okay so why have you had this match i don't know and, okay and me me other O'Shea kind of knocks into that and that's the fact that like everything outside of matches was just awkward or cringe or there was no good i didn't see a single good promo or anything yeah like best one maybe was Kyle O'Reilly coming out at the beginning and addressing everything that happened at um, Vengeance Day. Um, and But then, obviously, they add every other moving part they can into it. And it's like, Roderick Strong's like, oh, he didn't mean it. He's not going to super kick it at the end of the night. Don't worry about that. Which he did, by the way. Um, but, like, we we have another Cameron Grimes thing, trying to push his new gimmick. We're pushing Carrion going up against Escobar for some fucking reason, which did anybody want? Why isn't he in the main title scene? Don't know. Um, just various bits like that, or pushing like Dexter Loomis going after um, Austin Theory, and instead of like making something of that, they actually include it in the middle of a fucking women's tag match that it becomes relevant, which kind of annoys me. It's like we're pushing women, but not too much because we still got men to talk about. Like they do, they did this on Raw, um, as we famously mentioned when it's like Mickey James's match got overrun by Seth Rollins yelling at the commentators, "Why can't we watch the fucking match?" It kind of echoed that. It's like we've got shit going on now with Gargano and Austin Theory and Loomis so naturally we, we you know the, the, yeah they'll they'll carry on doing a tag thing whatever well let's concentrate on this just yeah didn't like it fucking annoyed me so yeah the whole thing just from a, a non-match standpoint just felt a bit clunky and a bit shit so mm. to give credit to the matches themselves I'm going to give it do you know what no no I'm going to give it a 2 because there was a good few matches that were enjoyable so it's again a two. I can't do it. I thought about it too. And then as we've been going through it, it reminded me that I was being too generous. And it's a one and a half because... Yeah, honestly, I wavered because I'm like, maybe Raw was better this week. Even the whole carrying cross... Like, to be honest, it was when you mentioned the carrying cross thing. I was like, it really reminded me how much it annoys me that he's, go- <laughs> he's going up against <laughs> like, this that's, show. <laughs> that's instantly a 0.5 fucking like, downgrade. Like, not happening at all. Yeah. Like, why Why was that? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Anyway. But yeah, NXT. That was NXT. But Anthony. We're done here. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Dynamite. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, it wasn't, it wasn't wasn't fantastic. I don't know whether I don't know whether I was just okay. being in a bit, a bit of a shit mood this week or what, but <laughs> maybe everything's let shit. Me, let me try and explain. <laughs> there were some good things, but the card itself. So we kicked off the show with Hangman Page teaming up with Matt Hardy to take on the Hybrid Two. And the winners were Hangman Page and Matt Hardy. <laughs> what a surprise. We had the second match in the number one contenders tournament, US bracket. And we got to see Serena Deeb take on the returning Riho, with Riho picking up the win. Then leading to a match with Thunder Rosa in the next round, which I cannot fucking wait for. Um, yes, that's going to be We got Orange Cassidy taking some on... Good setup there. Certainly some good setup. We got Orange Cassidy taking on Luther. For some reason. Who do you think okay. won that one? Sure. Yeah, so Cassidy picked up the win. Um, Sting came out to address Team Taz. No, that's not a, a, like a typo or a misprint. Yeah, it is the same thing that's happened for the last three weeks. And this time, he gets beat up. Ah, poor Sting. Um, we have the Young Bucks taking on Santana and Ortiz for the tag titles, even though they shouldn't be able to pick them because of the bat. Yeah, but we forget about that. But the Bucks retained, obviously, so that was... Worthwhile. We had FTR. How's Nick Sneed doing? <laughs> oh, <Is it> still, <laughs> still nearly as there? bad as Matt's. Um, but we had FTR. Was it Matt who had the bad? They both have, haven't they? They've both got something up with them at the minute. Oh, they're okay. both just like, yeah, they're old now. Need to stop it. <laughs> it's like when Shawn Michaels was a sexy boy and he became a creepy old man. It's like the young bucks are just like the old old bulls. I don't know. Um, but anywho. <laughs> So we had FTR taking on Matt and Mike Seidel, you know, brother Mike, um, with FTR picking up the win. What a surprise. Old Matt and Mike. And the main event of the evening saw John Moxley team up with Ray Phoenix and Lance Archer to take on the team of Eddie Kingston, Butcher and The Blade with Mox, Phoenix and Archer picking up the win. So that was the show. Highlights. That was the show. Opening was okay. So it wasn't the clinic we normally expect from Dynamite, um, but it was okay. Um, if anything was decent about it, it was probably the post-match stuff with Hangman and Mahardi. Um, so basically Hangman revealing what I thought was funny last week where he switched the contracts and he screwed Matt over basically, leading to a big money match um, at the Revolution pay-per-view. Um, obviously Hardy did not react very favourably to that, um, but there was a lot of overbooking with like you know mascots and turned out to be you know one of the members of the hardy party and blah 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 um but then yeah i like the fact that dark order came out and made the save obviously still got love for hangman even though he turned them down rejected them so showing who his true friends are and you can't not like that bunch of simps <laughs> simping for hangman that's a, that, that's a shirt right there <laughs> um so the next one next highlight Rio is back, and what a fucking talent she is. You know, like when you when someone isn't around for a while, and you just uh, like, oh yeah, Rio, yeah, she was the champ, wasn't she? She was probably good. Then you see it, and you're like, oh yeah, she was fucking boss. Oh yeah, she's fucking boss. Yeah. Um, so she came back, took on Serena Deeb, um, who was selling the knee throughout the whole match. Obviously, couldn't beat her. Just like super feet, like uh, fair. And you know what? Like fair play to Deeb. I think she had a because re- uh, I've been. I think we've both been critical of Deeb's matches in the past. I think this was a particularly good showing for Deeb as well. Yeah, I thought the whole contest was fantastic, to be fair. Um, Rio, gets, Rio yeah. gets a bad rap, and I'm going to call out my little brother here because he um, 
he doesn't like Rio for the simple fact that she won the belt by fucking throwing um, Nala Rose around. I was like, it's not believable, damn it. Um, well, you little mark. Hang on. <laughs> Did he ever at any point love Rey Mysterio? Well, probably, yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, I get that to a degree. But at the same time, Rio's fucking awesome. And she was deserving of being the first AEW Women's Champion. And I'm made up she's back. It's been a year been a year too long and she was fantastic and now we get to see Rio take on Thunder Rosa and I can't control my body it's gonna be boss so fantastic news <laughs> um I can't wait for that um we also got to see yeah. the Bucks take on Santana and Ortiz now the match itself was fantastic look there's loads wrong with it you know the whole point of this battle royal where it was like whoever wins gets the next title shot and then the books go, well, we want to face uh, Santana and Ortiz. Made no fucking sense, and I called them out on it, and it is stupid. Yeah. But you can't say the match wasn't good. So the match was excellent, no. but it also goes to show... It's more the do-what-the-fuck-we-want approach, isn't it? Well, exactly, but it also goes to show why, you know, I get the whole MJF Jericho thing they're trying to do, but Santana and Ortiz are the tag team of the Inner Circle, and it should just stay that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put on a fucking excellent show, and, and you know makes me miss the fact that they're not competing for the tag titles more often but hey ho yeah um look we had mjf again coming out um and he's definitely trying to dismantle the inner circle from the inside and you know he's coming out he's, he's doing stupid shit you know we got them banned from ringside basically cost them the match to be fair we couldn't come out and you know um get involved like they normally would do um so yeah i don't know i thought that was actually quite good um i also like the fact that jericho is basically says sammy's dead to him now um you know, I'm not wearing our La Sex Pods t-shirts, but I love Sammy and Jericho. I thought they were excellent. And, you know, in a few yeah. short months to now him being dead to him is uh, pretty funny, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It just it annoys me that Jericho and MJF are the, are the tag team in the inner circle because we should be getting proud and powerful themselves. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The match was fantastic. It did show that, but... You know, it's with a heavy heart that we're not seeing. I think um, I'm I'm quietly hoping that you're right about the whole dismantling thing and we're just going to get a decent match between Jericho and um, MJF and Santana and Ortiz with the mechanism to be to push those two. I mean, hopefully. But so, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Something's got to happen in, in there. You know, obviously his intentions are not legitimate, <laughs> if you will. So, yeah, <laughs> all is to be revealed. I know it's dragging out fucking, my God, is it dragging out? But, you know, I'm positive... That there'll be something of that. Um, and the final highlight, Anthony, was the main event. Um, I don't know. I think um, I loved all the little, you know, something AEW do quite well is all the little nuances, the little callbacks and stuff. And, you know, this match was no different. We had Moxley and Kingston. You know, we saw them fight for the belt and, you know, the little throwback with the bulldog choke. It's one of them. You can't you can't not get emotionally attached to these two guys, you know, yeah. especially Kingston. He's just so, you know, he just, he makes you either pull for him or hate him. You know, he's just so skilled in that sense. And I don't know, these two have got great chemistry. The match itself, you know, Butcher and Blade look better every time I see them. Frey Phoenix is fucking fantastic. And Lance Archer as a face, you know, is, is working to be fair. I, I was very critical of him as a heel. Um, his whole murder hot monster. His heel was just cheesy. Though, <laughs> it, it was super it? cheesy, it was and it was like fucking bad. over the top. Whereas this, you know, he's a face, but he doesn't rub it in your face. If that makes sense. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah. um, he's not an in your face face. <laughs> not, not, not one of those in your face faces. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was decent to be fair. But we're going to move swiftly onto the Oshites, and I've got a few, and that's what is sad about Dynamite this week. So, firstly, Orange Cassidy versus Luther. It was a match. 
it happened. The question you've got to ask is, yeah. why? We'll never know. It's that match that we've all been dying We'll for. never know. Made no sense. Didn't, you know, elevate anything. Didn't progress anything. Yeah, just happened. Cool. I feel like we're getting that WWE case of, well, they filled some well, time. Well, yeah, that's what it felt like, unfortunately. Um, I also wasn't a fan of Sting this week. Um, like, it's been the same story for the last couple of weeks now, and I thought it was leading somewhere. So we had Sting coming out with Derby, and then Sting coming out with Derby, then Sting backstage in some weird like warehouse or whatever with Derby, smashing windows, and then Derby gets taken away you know, for a ride on a car while inside a body bag. And then this week, Sting comes out on his own, and... You know, the team Taz come out as well, and they're like, "Oh well, you know, you've got that bat. Mm, that's the only reason that you know you you've got power because you got the bat." He throws the bat down, gets fucking beat up. It's like what a dickhead! Like who throws a bat down when you got four people well, in the ring? I guess they were right. Yeah, it's like no shit, Sting. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, so yeah, Sting gets battered. <laughs> Uh, you've only got power because you've got that gun. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> oh no! Oh um, my gun. Um, it's pretty much what happened. The same thing. Thing is, I don't. I, I really. I'm, I'm trying to defend you here, AW people. They, they complained about Sting coming in. Like he's sixty odd. He's got a fused neck. Why are you doing this? And they're like, Oh, you know, it's fine. It'll be fine. And then I'm justifying it, going, Well, they're not making him wrestle. Wrestle. He's just going to be around. It's going to be cool. Um, and then people start joking about the frequency in which he's on, and it's the same pattern. People actually, um, on I can't forgive for not being able to quote the exact person, but uh, a Reddit user actually um, stitched together all the different um, graphics each week for AEW, and it is like Sting makes an appearance. Sting makes an appearance. Sting addresses this. Sting interviews with Tony Schiavone to the point that I am confident next week Sting is going to do an interview with Tony Schiavone, probably in a neck brace, just because it follows the path. Um. Um. And yeah, to, it is getting to a point that I, I'm I'm trying I'm trying not to like agree with the trolls, but they've got a point this do you know time. Like AEW just taking the piss with the Sting. To be thing. fair, and I'm not doing this just to defend AEW, but if WWE, if WWE <laughs> did my match graphics or like uh, graphics ahead of all their stuff, all you would see for the last ten weeks is Roman Reigns opens the show. Roman Reigns opens the show. Oh, yeah. Without Roman... a doubt, they, they are definitely bad for so, them. So, um... I just, I hold AW to a different standard mm. creatively. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely shitting on them because I think, you know, to advertise that well, same thing it, week in, week out. support match graphics out. You raise a really good point about match graphics. Like, WWE couldn't make match graphics because they don't know what's happening <laughs> until, like, the night or well, the that's night it. Vince is just there going, yeah. well, send Roman out, damn it! And then he, he says some shit. Goes, that's good shit! <laughs> that's pretty much Smackdown. Um, but anyway we'll come on to that um, so yeah I don't know it was one too many I think in terms of Sting addressing people and it wasn't built in such a way that it was like ooh it was more like oh Brian please don't kill Sting oh he didn't kill him but I still didn't want to see that so yeah that happened <laughs> group of men beat up an old man <laughs> like, yep pretty much it's a draw <laughs> um, so the next one Anthony my fucking god Jim Ross wow what a fucking mare, right? I've defended this bastard for a few weeks now. I know. He has said a few on, questionable things. He sexualized most of the women's roster. He basically fucking, you know, came all over his pants when Anna Jay came out one week. It was awful, right? And now he's he's taken the next step, Anthony. 
He's called Kenny Omega the WWE champion. Blasphemy. It's just inexcusable, isn't it? Like you can Jim Ross is a fucking <laughs> legend. He's one of the best commentators of the modern era, right? He's no he's no Heenan, he's no Monsoon, but he's the best thing since, right? And I love JR, but at the same time, wow. You can't you just can't do that. There's no you know, oh you know, he posted a tweet afterwards saying, Well, live live TV folks, and it's like no, you're just a senile old man. Like, seriously. I was not on the whole, you know, fucking cancel JR culture for, like, the whole thing, you know, all the things he said. But that's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it makes me sound bad. He's like, I love where sexu- you're yeah, sexualizing the I was totally fine when he was sexist <laughs> and racist. Yeah, all and them like. things are cool. But saying the wrong company's name, damn it, no chance. Um, <laughs> I and mean, that time he killed the guy was, <laughs> you know, it pushed me close to the edge. But says more about me than it does JR. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I have to draw the line. I think it's getting to a point now where he is doing more harm. I think it's, it's not just that, is it? Like you say, it's like we're getting the one too many flubs here now, aren't yeah, we? I mean, that that's the worst thing you can do, though. Call your champion the fucking champion of a rival company. Like you can't do that. Put it this way: if 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 he'd have done that, if he'd have called somebody the WCW champion in Vince's time for WWE. He'd have probably got. Some. I mean, he joined the Kiss My Ass Club. If I mean, he would have done that, he would have got the fucking fucking raped in my ass club. Vince would have fucking bombed him Jeez. everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he would have. Um, so yeah, was not impressed at all. And Jr. Bad man, bad bad man, <laughs> bad man. Jr. And speaking, JR turns <laughs> speaking of bad things, that Kenny Omega segment this week, man, was bad. For some reason, he sat there reading a fucking kid, a fucking book to kids. And it's the young book's uh, autobiography. Why? And like, he does it. And then he leaves. The kids all want to like stay with him. He's like, no, no, I've got to go, kids. But you can, you know, you can beat up Michael Nakazawa. And then fucking Nakazawa gets beat up. He leaves his belt there for fuck's sake. Like, what was that? What was it? Yeah, what the fuck's <laughs> happening here, Peter? I'm not impressed at all. Like, I've, I've been quite impressed with Omega as like a, you know, the main champion. I've got kind of old school Triple H you know, mega heel, like everyone hates him kind of vibe from Kenny. And I thought he'd been doing a pretty good job, but this was stupid, man. I just wasn't a fan at all. Really bad. Mm. Um, yeah. And speaking of um, executives in the company who, uh, you know, love themselves, only Cody Rhodes would overbook his own gender reveal, wouldn't he? Um, so in the middle of an AEW show... Wait, his gender reveal? <laughs> his gender reveal. <laughs> I'm a boy! I'm Coda! Um, right, so... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> right. We're doing this live, so I can't edit that out. I didn't mean any offence. Just chill. Um, But, right, so <laughs> we had, in the middle of an AW Dynamite episode, right, if you look at the difference between the likes of fucking John Moxley, who just basically announces, yeah, yeah, so I'm having a baby. That's their announcement. Cool. In the middle of a promo, uh, a promo sound. Cody Rhodes comes out and goes, does a fucking big gender reveal of, of his kid and puts fucking pyro on and everything. Like, really? Like, I love Cody, but I can see why most of the wrestling community fucking hate this guy's guts. Like, wow. (laughs) Wow. At least he didn't go as far as changing the lyrics to his entrance. (laughs) I'm expecting you to have some prepared, Anthony, to be fair. You've set these kind of standards now that I'm I'm expecting. (laughs) What was the gender again? (laughs) Driving a girl, I think. Uh, Female jeans in my bone. (laughs) Something like that. Um... (laughs) <laughs> anyway. yeah, I like it. The pregnant wife is sat at home. <laughs> My father. We can do, we can do said... this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. Um, but yeah. So 
<laughs> we should stop there. But it'll be something we find piss funny that no one else ever will. <laughs> I mean, I've I've already made I've already made one flub. I don't want to do a JR, do I? So let's let's carry on. So the next oh shite, Anthony. Right, this annoys me something rotten. Why? When someone comes out like at the end of a match when you know the match is over, there's been shenanigans, whatever, someone comes out to do something. Why play the music? Especially when that man is Kenny Omega. Are you telling me Tony Khan sat there going, oh, better, better play his music then? Really? You don't play someone's music when they come out for stuff like that? It's fucking it's, stupid. You've mentioned this so much. I feel it irritating you more and more. I feel more like I'm a broken you. record. There's, there's, there's things of people holding, I think holding people get to a point. <laughs> in the same move. When you appear on Dynamite. I'm going to have to, right? Screaming at Tony There's certain Khan. things that bother me, right? It's one, when people don't kick out of fucking pins in, uh, you know, uh, like at a one count or even make it look like they're trying to kick out of pins, right? Two is when fucking, you know, you, you're going to hit a big finish on someone, but you haven't caused enough damage to keep them held, suspended, you know, motionless for like 30 seconds because it makes no fucking sense. And the third one is shit like this. Why play? Who's playing the music? I don't get it. Kenny Omega is defected from your show as your champion. He's fucked off to Impact. He's playing golf and reading fucking books to kids. And Tony Khan sat there in the back going, oh, well, you know, Moxley, who's the guy I want to be my champion, is getting beaten up. I've just seen Kenny. I better play his music. No, you don't, do you? It's stupid. Fucking stupid. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Was not a fan. I love Carl's rant. Was not a fan. Um, and then, Anthony, it gets better. And by better, I mean worse. The match stipulation for Revolution in the inevitable rematch between Kenny Omega and John Moxley is not, you know, an unsanctioned match with barbed wire and, you know, stuff like they've had before. No, no, no. It's an exploding barbed wire death match. What? What? They've had a fucking... Right. They've had an unsanctioned... We this last week. But, like, no, just, just, just wait. Right. They've had an unsanctioned match, right? And... Kenny lost that match because Moxley is a fucking hardcore, crazy bastard. We get it. So the whole point of Kenny having his match for the title was, well, I lost in a hardcore match. I'm a better wrestler than you. So let's have a wrestling match. Makes sense. Now Kenny's going, let's have a barbed wire match again. Why? Exploding barbed wire. But why? <laughs> like, because he, he's been sat at home trying to figure it out. And he got to himself and he went, that's what it was. The barbed wire didn't explode. That's the key factor. That's what we need right now. And that's that's how we got there. <clears throat> but we mentioned this last week, Carl, that this is an OGQ match. That That's what it is. Or false count, anyway. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. We have a million different names for this match. But it's like... To be honest, I think the best name for these type of matches are hardcore match. Mm. Throw the rules out the window. It's a hardcore match. That's what they should do. That's what they should do board for wrestling. Because there's no point giving them a million fucking titles. They're getting to a point where on WWE you can set a guy on fucking fire... And that has to have its own name. No, it was no DQ, mate. He didn't get disqualified for it. Mm. He didn't get arrested for it. Weird, that. Anyway, um, <sighs> just, just to me, this is smacks of the whole um, Lance Archer problem. I feel like they're just throwing words at it to make it sound cool. To be honest, though, it's like, I mean, there, there have been exploding barbed wire death matches. There have been death matches. There have been exploded barbed wire matches. They've been every combination. They exist. It's not an AEW thing. They've happened. Old school yeah. stuff. Well, I get it. Have they ever Deep had an exploding <clears throat> barbed wire monster truck? <laughs> oh, not yet. Um, but, like, the name doesn't bother me. It's the fact that Kenny would pick that stipulation. It makes no sense. Kenny would yeah, not pick that stipulation. he's already proved he's not... He, yeah, he's already kind of proved to himself he can't have mocks in that match. Even if they, they storyline sort of 
got you there by having Kenny sort of obsessed with the fact that he should have beat him. And, exactly. You know, he insisted on going back into that stipulation because there's no way that Mox could beat him on any level. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do any of that work. He didn't no. put any legwork into it. It's just let's have that. Yeah, and it made no sense. You know, if they come out, if he comes out um, on Wednesday and he's like, well, you know, Moxley beat me in that match and I'm going to show that if I had ex- uh, explosions to it, I'm going to beat him. You could have a bit of, you know, you could regain a bit of empathy. But, no, it makes no sense. It's fucking... And that is the reason why, Anthony... Dynamite this week gets probably my lowest score I've ever given a Dynamite of two. Not good. That's shocking. Not good at so all. So shocking. That I agree with you. It's been, a, it's been a low week for wrestling. The only saviours of this week's Dynamite was the fucking awesome Rio and Serena Deeb match, which was amazing. And the tag match. Even the yeah. main event was good, but it wasn't like a, amazing. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, there was mm. too many silly, sh- fucking stupid decisions that they've made, which makes no sense. And the whole point of AW is that they make decisions that make sense because they build storylines in a good way. This week it was right out yes. the window. None of it made sense and it was stupid. And that was Dynamite. Agreed. <laughs> and that was Dynamite. So let's talk about SmackDown. <clears throat> I bet you can't tell me how SmackDown opened this week, Cody Carl. Hmm. I mean, I'd say Roman Reigns, but did it change at all this week? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I'll give it. I'll be fair. <laughs> the show opened with Reigns as it likes to do, but technically. It was Edge, so at least there was that. But it's the same thing. It opens with Reigns, and it'll end. However, going through the card, Carl, uh, we have the first match of the night being uh, Apollo going up against Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, with Shinsuke taking the win. We saw a promo from uh, one Seth Rollins in respect of his issues with Cesaro, I guess. Uh, We saw the Riot Squad going up against Natalia and Tamina, who are a tag team now, with uh, Natalia and Tamina taking the win. Nice bit of respect for the Riot Squad there. We saw Sasha Banks, uh, Bianca Bella, and Reginald going up against Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and Bailey. Uh, with Sasha Banks, Bianca Bella, and Reginald taking the win. We saw Rey Mysterio and Dominic going up against the Alpha Academy, which ended in a DQ because I don't know they're dicks. Um, and we end the night with um, Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, and Cesaro going up against uh, Jay Uso, Baron Corbin, and Sami Zayn, with Owens, Bryan, and Cesaro taking the win. That was the card. Not over the top, but a good card. As far as highlights go, Carl, I kind of only have one, and that is sort of something I'm going to moan about as well, but basically that. Edge is awesome. Right? I've so missed him on the mic, and I know you probably could be frustrated, Carl, and you might be frustrated with the fact that He's still not made the decision at this point. We know what his decision is now. No spoilers. But he's still not made the decision as to who he's going to face at Mania. So, um, you know, I get that there's probably some reservations to it. But all in all, I enjoy seeing Edge back. I enjoy seeing his work on the mic. The intensity between him and Roman Reigns was particularly good as much as it was very repetitive to have the show open the same way again. So I'm going to call it a highlight for that half of it. And that's my only highlight. Okay. As far as those shites go, <sighs> okay, so this might be a bit harsh, right? Natalia this week has kicked up a big fuss. I'm, I'm sorry, like, people might really savagely disagree with this, but she kicked up a big fuss about a graphic, I want to say it was the USA Network, somebody put out anyway, um, doing that whole game where you have $15 to spend <clears throat> and you have to build your roster around that. And she was in the $1 category of, of people. Right, and then she went on this nice little rant about being worth more than a dollar. Although I think she missed the point of the game; it wasn't actually meant to be a tangible amount to her worth. It was meant to be a mechanism to 
limit you to the 15 to play the game. Anyway, nevertheless, she kicked up a big fuss over that. She's worth more than a dollar, Carl. And then we have this rant, which is in the back of my mind. And then we cut to this fucking match where nobody knew what they were doing. The pacing just felt wrong. You know, Liv felt like she, not she was having to carry Tamina, but like, you know, and Tamina's moving at a different pace to everyone else, all due respect to her. Natty felt like she was kind of just rushing herself a little bit. The whole thing, I mean, the time limit probably didn't help as well because it was a relatively short match and you could tell they were trying to work to that. But I don't know, the whole thing was a fucking mess. And then I'm like, looking at it like, there's your dollar. Like, that that's why. That's why you're in the same category <laughs> as these guys in the $1 category because this is the kind of match that's currently happening. And I mean, no disrespect to Natalia, but, you know, this, this fucking, this whole thing was just shit. And I really, really get annoyed that this is what the Riot Squad are currently doing. Baffling. Like, I still don't mind Billy Kay, by the way. I still don't Billy mind Kay's boss. Moment, but, yeah. yeah. But like the fact that they're booking the Riot Squad to lose to a tag team that they threw together that shouldn't have worked just really pisses me off. So that that's an old shite in itself. I mean no disrespect to Natalia, but I think like what was that about? Like do you know how many women didn't like bear in mind that I, I I'm ranting about something else now, but that whole graphic on there was like, you know, um setting different ratings. I, I, do you know how many women didn't even make it to that list? Oh. They weren't even on that little fun graphic <clears> that they were trying to put out. They were trying to make a game. They do it all the time with other sports. And Natalia got a big fuss because it was a dollar. Like there's so many who apparently aren't even worth a dollar, according to that logic. So many Mm. Uh, WE talents but hey ho let's get upset about it and I'll point out that they did one for the men's roster and no one gave a shit <laughs> anyway <clears throat> I'm still not sold on Apollo that's my next one I don't know how you feel Carl this was probably some of his better work but I'm still not sold on him as a heel I'm still not sold on this whole feud with Big E and so far I'm not that taken on Big E's run as the, the IC champ But agree 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 um, Apollo was fantastic as a face on Raw. That that time when he slapped the fucking shit out of Andrade was his best moment. Yeah. Like, so good. So, so good. Could have worked. Right? Now, he's just, he's just shit, isn't he? <laughs> you, you don't believe that he's a heel. You don't, yeah. you, do, you don't get it in the slightest. And then Big E is, I mean, I think I said it last week, and I'm, and I'm probably going to get some flack. And, I mean, I didn't get any last week, but maybe <laughs> I might get some this week by saying it again. But he's, he's the worst Intercontinental Champion I've seen in, in recent time. He's awful. And yeah. I, I well, know getting... people want to push him to a main event and they think blah, blah, blah. He, he doesn't work by himself in this current gimmick. I, I agree. I think this is a this is a conversation that needs to be had. He is not a main event guy. Yep. And I've got a lot of time for Big E. I really liked him in the New Day. And he's got a great personality. He's a really humorous guy. He's not a main event guy. Not from what I'm seeing right now. Not in this current gimmick. He's not, no. Um, no. It's just... He ne- he needs to have a clean break from the New Day. Either keep him with the New Day and accept the fact he's not going to be a main event guy, which is cool. And, you know, people will be like, well, Kofi was a main event guy. Yeah, I know. But Kofi's got more personality in the way that translates to a main event guy than Big E. Big E's got personality, yeah. but not... Kofi, least... at least... Let's be honest about Kofi for a sec, right? He got over on the underdog story. Mm-hmm. And then he was such an unbelievable champion that they took the title off him pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And he got decisively squashed by Brock, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and Natty did that because once the underdog story was told, what did you have? And then we've got Big E, who doesn't even have the underdog story because he towers over most of them. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'd say towers. He's bigger than most of them. He's actually only about five, <laughs> he's eight. Wider. So I say he's towering. He's wider than most. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm with you on that. And I think um, 
a gimmick change might do the job because I think he's got the talent there in some way. Like he, he can definitely go on the mic and stuff. But like you say, clean break from the new day definitely needed before we can look at him as like the singles run guy mm-hmm. properly. Anyway, so my next one, Carl. And honestly, I've not really got an issue with this tag team being the Alpha Academy. But the more I see of them, the more I'm like, why did we bother breaking up heavy machinery like at all? I I can't watch them in a tag team without feeling bad for you know the other guy. <laughs> tucky, the tucky, tuck, tuck, tucky, 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 tuck, tuck. Yeah. yeah, that's the only good thing about him not being there anymore that I don't hear tucky. <laughs> um, and like it, the story is potentially there, it kind of works. I mean, you can see Otis almost taking himself a bit more serious under the well partnership with um with what's his it face. It felt. I'm great. I'm great with the tag teams, but <laughs> it felt for me like it was a, a heel I, turn. Well, yeah, especially because they ended it with a DQ because he wouldn't sort of let up. Um, it did feel like a heel turn. I give you that. But I think they need to make the mind up what Chad Gable is because he went heel face, heel face in the last few weeks for no reason. Hmm. Well, because like remember when he turned heel and aligned himself with Corbin and Corbin gave him his name back, <laughs> and then we forgot about. Oh that. yeah. Because that never happened, honestly. That is the biggest casualty of today's product, is they just don't stick with anything. Like, they just they, they make a decision on a whim one week on one episode, and then they just forget about it the following week. And it is, it's harming yeah. it so bad. Yeah. But to be the fair... The creative side of it has the shortest attention span I've ever fucking known. Well, I mean, this probably will be dropped next week, but at the same time, I'm interested to see Otis as a heel. Yes. No, that's the thing. I actually think um, Alpha Academy are doing good work. It just the more I look at them, I'm like, why did we break up heavy machinery? They just yeah, and I know why because the the thought Otis would be a good singles talent and they fucked up. But still, <clears throat> anyway. and it also makes you rue the loss of what Alpha Academy should have been, which is Chad Gable and Jason Jordan because they should have been um, Team Angle too, which is basically what they are today. But now they've gone without us. Should have and could have, yep. but it didn't fucking happen. I mean, last one, Carl, quite a general statement, but um, this was just a typical go-home go show, even ending with a nice big brawl of all the people who are going to be in the chamber. Just fucking stupid. Yep. So it's the same thing, and I'm sorry, broken record, but it's the same thing as when they all climb the ladder, went into money in the bank, all that bollocks. It's like, let's get everyone in the ring to remind them what's coming. Like, we know what's coming. We're not fucking stupid. So, yeah, just a slight gripe on that one, too. Overall, Carl, overall, as a rating goes, I'm giving this one a two as well. Twos across the board, man. See, I'm actually going to rate this less than a two. I'm going to give it a 1.5. Um, yeah, it was just very formulaic. I, I didn't care about Apollo and Shinsuke. Um, you know, the, the women's tag stuff, meh. Ray and Dominic, sure, I should have moaned about that a little bit more. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, why are the, um, the Reginald thing kind of weird, oh, isn't it? It's awful, man. Let's just have a little gripe about that. And it's not weird because of intergender matches. It's weird because WWE have been so nervous about pulling the trigger on that for so long. And then they keep throwing Reginald into shit without any sort of explanation or reason. And, it's like, and it didn't even make sense to his character or the story. Like Carmella wasn't involved at all, really. But Reginald was in that match and it likes Sasha for some reason. So uh, like, apparently they're trying to build up some sort of like infatuation angle. Which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It just, it just doesn't need to be there or happen because if anything, it just takes away from the good work that Banks and you know the rest of the girls are doing. So, I think I think WWE needs to sit down sometimes and just 
say out loud what the story is to realize how stupid it sounds. It's like, so Carmella's wine expert becomes infatuated with Sasha Banks and gets involved in women's matches. Say that out loud and go, yeah, that's probably a stupid storyline mm. because what the fuck was it? Weird. It was. It was. Anyway, still a two. Sorry, just need to that. <laughs> and still a one point five for me. And that was <laughs> this week in wrestling. Yes, it was. And as always, check out this sick outro. Peace. You're watching or listening to A to the K. The A to the K. A to the K. A to the K. A. To the K. A to the K. These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later.